You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio, where you get the transparency you deserve. Your host, Brian J. Decker, has 35 years of finance and investing experience and is the CEO of Decker Retirement Planning. He's also the author of The Decker Approach, A Safer Approach to Retirement, and has been featured in several major news publications, including Forbes, Newsmax Finance, The Street, and many more. So today, for our listeners, thank you for joining us. We're going to be talking a little bit today about what's been happening in the market over the last week or so. Um, And also, last time, if you listened in, we talked about what a distribution plan is. Um, and, and more specifically, the, the headwinds facing retirees and how they can use a distribution plan to help set themselves up for success in retirement. Now, today we want to talk a little bit more in depth about what a distribution plan is or an income plan is and looks like for somebody who is heading into retirement and how they can use it. We're also going to be talking about what we call our um, our risk bucket, which is it's our it's our method of of managing assets under management. We use a strategy that allows people to help make money in up and down markets. So we're going to be talking about that. In the stock market. In the stock market. Yep. And, and that, that for a lot of people is their favorite. Yeah. It's been interesting as, as, as we've talked to people over the years about this, it's been interesting because that is always something that stands out to people because of the performance that they can achieve. And usually these strategies that we're going to be talking about are reserved for people that have more than $5 million dollars but we're making them accessible um, to just about anybody. Right. Um, and then we also want to talk about, uh, if we've got time today, we'll talk about Roth conversions and some tax strategies that you can that you can take or should be considering uh, potentially for this this year. So, Brian, um, there's been a few things happening over the last week or so. Why don't you kick us off? What's been going on in the market? Okay, so let's catch up on the markets. The markets right now are three standard deviations above norm as far as valuations, which is a just a fancy way of saying they're very overvalued. <laughs> there's three tailwinds that usually cause markets to go up. Earnings, interest rate, earnings going up, interest rates going down, and the Fed stimulus. So let's take them one at a time. The earnings going up, earnings peaked two years ago. Is that stunning to you? Earnings, corporate earnings peaked two years ago. So we don't have earnings supporting the current stock price. Number two, interest rates bottomed uh, six months ago. The 10-year treasury went to a 0.47 yield. And now the 10-year treasury is above 1%. So interest rates are starting to go up. So what used to be a tailwind is now a headwind with interest rates and corporate earnings. The third is the Fed. The Fed has been a consistent tailwind. So the Fed, whenever there's a problem, they continue to pump money into the markets. And the Trump and Biden administrations are saying that they they already did, a couple weeks ago, they did the $600 per person stimulus. Right. There's an additional 1400 that's promised um, with the Biden administration. So in my opinion, Clayton, there's two things keeping the market where it is. And I think that this tail, these two tailwinds will last at least six months. One, vaccines. The expectation that the world, the United States, will get vaccinated and will allow some normalcy in business to get businesses open sure. and to open up the states. I think that carrot out there keeps the market going up. Even 
in light of some of the bizarre things that have happened in the last week, which we talked about before we started the show politically. Right. The markets aren't looking at that. The markets are looking at vaccinations and opening the states and opening businesses. The second thing is the Fed. The Fed has a full um, uh, uh, plan to stimulate, continue to stimulate the economy. The Fed chair has publicly said, uh, Jerome Powell said that he stands ready. And by the way, there's a new Fed chairperson, chairwoman, who is coming in, who also is quote unquote a dove, meaning they're very quick to uh, rush to stimulate the economy if needed, as, as much as needed to maintain the markets where they are. So that's that's a quick update on the stock market. Interest rates are starting to go up again. We're watching that closely um, with the treasury rate going up. It's interesting CD rates, agencies, mortgage backs, and corporates and municipals didn't have the spike, the treasuries. I just find that interesting. Treasury rates have gone up, but none of the others really have. CD rates for seven to 10 years are still about 1%. Yikes. And I'm sure that a lot of our listeners, especially those that are approaching retirement and, and looking for more of, I guess you could call a safe haven place for their for their money, um, they're feeling that pinch because they that's the way that their parents did it. I mean, I, I hear this with couples that come in that will say, oh, well, mom or dad always said I needed to be in, in this investment. A lot of times because it was in the 80s, it was get into municipal bonds, right? Because at that point, interest rates were sky high and that kind of stuff made sense. But as interest rates have dropped, it's made it a lot more challenging to kind of follow that, that similar pattern, right? Right. Hey, a couple more comments on market valuation that kind of cracked me up. Do you remember we were talking before we started the show about Elon Musk? Elon Musk is the CEO founder of Tesla. He said that last year his stock was overvalued at what price? Do you remember? No, I can't remember. I don't even know. $160 a share. Yeah. That's Do you know right. what it is now? Is it $800? It's 800 Yeah. <laughs> and the value, uh, market capitalization, you take shares times share price. The market capitalization of Tesla is higher than all of the automakers worldwide combined. Yeah. And they all have an EV, an electric vehicle solution um, of their own and their competitors. It's for a CEO to come out. It cracks me up that a CEO came out and said, our company is overvalued. And then his stock price more than quadrupled. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, any other CEO to come out and say something like that. And he has been sued by the SEC, but any other CEO to come out and say that would either be sued by their investors for saying something like that. And because more often than not, their market share would probably be, a lot of it would be wiped away if they were to come out and say that. But then if they were to say something that wasn't necessarily true, then they'd have the regulatory authorities coming down on them. So for Elon to be able to fire off statements like this as the CEO of his company is unbelievable. And then to have everyone react the opposite way that in most cases would probably happen. Yeah. So the euphoria of the market is demonstrated in Tesla, Bitcoin. Now, Bitcoin went from 23,000 to 40,000 in less than a month. Yeah, it almost hit 42. Yeah. 
and then it pulled back over last weekend in two days. It trades seven days a week. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay. It pulled back from 40-something to 32 yeah, in 20, two days. Yeah, it was over 20% that it just gone. It was, I think it was, what, $140 billion of capitalization, market capitalization that was lost in yeah. about two days. And speaking of euphoria, guess what the targets? Now, the, the Bitcoin is at 32. Targets for Bitcoin at year end are, they average between 100,000 and 400,000. That's unbelievable. That's unreal. So we'll see. There's a there's a really funny video that uh, somebody on on he's just a, a YouTube personality put out where he kind of harasses Bitcoin and, and talks about in a very sarcastic and satirical way. But he talks about how the uh, to you're when you're buying Bitcoin, you're putting your money in something that has no value. There's nothing behind it. There's right. there's no backing, and so it's it's something that. Uh, we're not big fans of because well, it's, I don't understand it. Yeah. I, I just have to confess. Sure. So we, our clients don't invest in Bitcoin. It's just another sign of euphoria. Right. It's just, it, people are just, it's, it's shooting sky high. It's, I mean, I don't know if it's overvalued because there's nothing to relate it to, but when you look at Tesla and you look at these, these companies like that, that have been shooting through the roof just because they seem popular. I think, I think um, there's, I saw an article about uh, it was the guy who made a bunch of money back in 2008 when the housing crisis, he shorted the housing crisis and he was the, the subject of the movie, the big short. And he's been putting more and more money into his short position against Tesla because of what he views the valuations as. And, uh, and people just keep calling him crazy. And he's like, yeah, well my short just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger with the housing crisis. And eventually it cracked. And I, one and he's apparently taken a similar sentiment to to tesla in the direction that tesla has been going there is a logical explanation for the euphoria in the stock market and it's just interest rates so let's say that um the 10-year treasury was at seven percent you can get a seven percent locked in return in seven years would you put any of your money at risk if you can guarantee yourself a seven percent return i think seven percent sounds great Especially okay. for a retiree. A, a lot of people. So imagine uh, in an equilibrium situation that 7% is good for a lot of people in the United States. The amount of me money taking risk would go way down. Does sure. that make sense? Sure. Okay. Now let's flip it. The 10-year treasury is at 1%. Now a lot of people are going to say, I'm not going to lock in 1% for 7 to 10 years. I'm going to take my chances on a dividend stock or Tesla or something to try to get some kind of return. So there's a lot of money that leaves the safe havens and pour into the stock market, which is why we where we are today. I think we took more time on the markets than we planned. But yeah, but it, it, it lends to the, the concept that there's a lot of people that have been shifting their money from what would be kind of a safe haven, which where that's typically where retirees want their funds, at least a lot of their funds to be the funds that they're drawing income from. Those, in our opinion, shouldn't fluctuate with the stock market. They should be principal protected. We're going to talk about how this works with the distribution plan. So I think this is a good this is a good segue, but when you've got most of your funds in risk, meaning money that can lose value, um, for retirees, that can be a scary thing. 
a lot of them they're they're dependent on those funds to pay their bills every month and and for some it's just to meet the needs and others it's to meet the needs and the wants um but those wants very quickly become needs i think for some people they need to go on their trips and they need to go see their kids and grandkids and and do all those fun things that they that they want to do right mm-hmm. um and so when you've got too much in risk and your lifestyle can change when the market has a 30% drop like it did um, at the beginning of 2020. And so those are the kinds of things that, and we talked about the headwinds, we talked about longevity and interest rates being low and stock market valuations being things that are um, dramatically impacting retirees' abilities to not only get retired, but also stay retired. So let's Let's talk about the distribution plan. And again, for anyone listening, if you want to see what one of these looks like, you can go to our website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. We have some educational materials on there. It's under our books and useful guides. You can download a sample of one of these distribution income plans. Um, Or if you want to learn a little bit more about it, give us a call. Our number is 833-707-3030. Again, that number, 833-707-3030. Um, we can spend just a few minutes going over what a distribution plan is and, and talk a little bit more about how it can apply to your situation if possible. So give us a call and we can talk a little bit more about that. So let's jump into it, Brian. Okay. So let's talk about, do you have a retirement plan? Let's talk about what a retirement plan is and what it isn't. Let's start with what it isn't. A lot of very smart people think that a retirement plan is the statements on the kitchen table. No, that's not a retirement plan. A retirement plan should tell you your sources of income, how much you can draw each year with a COLA, cost of living adjustment to age 100. Let me say that again, because this is our definition. We're a math-based fiduciary retirement planning firm. At Decker Retirement, your retirement plan should mathematically tell you your sources of income, which is typically, um, if you have a pension, we, we show that. Picture a spreadsheet. And by the way, I hope that listeners, you if you're near a computer, go to DeckerRetirementPlanning.com and pull up our, our sample income plan and follow along with us. But Uh, It's a spreadsheet and it shows uh, social security, it shows pension, it shows rental real estate if you have that, it shows portfolio income and it totals it up minus taxes that gives annual and monthly income, like I say with a COLA, cost of living adjustment to age 100. And when you mathematically know how much money you can spend net of tax each month, two very important things happen. One, if you run these numbers before you retire, you can see if you can retire. Can you imagine, Clayton, anything worse than retiring prematurely and at 70 years old figuring out that you're in a horrible position? Yeah, then you'd have to retire from retirement. You'd have to go back to work and trying to find... um... And who wants to hire a 70-year-old? That's that, that's the tough thing. Anyone that's 70 trying to go back to work and getting the career or the job title or the pay that they had before they retired is going to be next to impossible. Yeah, good luck with that. So before you retire, have us run the numbers to see if you can retire. I just love 
what we do because we have a lot of great meetings where we say, you wanted um, 100,000 net of tax. The good news is you get 120. And we have great meetings where people sometimes, um, some of our clients actually tear up because they, they've worked so dang hard saving, being on a budget, being frugal, uh, socking away money, investing wisely for someday. And when someday comes, it's a beautiful thing that they realize they have this epiphany. They look at the math right in front of them and they see that they can retire. Those are cool meetings. But let's take a bad meeting, which is really a good one because we help people 55 to 65 that think they can, that they can retire and they can't. They can't get the 100 or the 80,000 that they thought they could, but we help them by showing them mathematically how much longer they need to work. Or they might be able to downsize a house or they might have other real estate. It's all, this is the most important thing I can say in this segment, the, that a retirement plan is all about cash flow. Do you agree? It's yeah. all about cash flow. Well, that, that's one of the things that, that I see a lot of with folks that come in, that they'll come in and say, all right, here's all my statements. And um, I got some annuities. I inherited my parents' IRA. I've got my 401k statement. And I, so I've got it all. I know it all exists, but I don't know what to do with it in retirement. And I was just told to pull a little bit of money out every year. But I, I mean, what if I run out of money? How do I know? And that's that unknown of how do I organize all of this? What do I do with Social Security? What do I do with my pension? I want to do rental properties. How does that play into it? Um, or maybe I'm looking to get out of my rental properties and don't know what to do with the equity from the rental property. Uh, should I exchange it into something else? What are some things that I can do with that? So those are the questions that we get a lot of is people coming in and they, they know they have their investments. They know they have their principal guaranteed accounts, but they don't know how to use them and they don't know how much income they can draw out of them. And so that's what our plans do is they take your different sources of income and then we look to maximize the amount of value that you can get out of those year after year. We take into account um, a lot of variables. We think we've taken into account the biggest ones that are that retirees are facing, um, but these are things like inflation, um, future future costs and how those costs are going to change as you go from paying off your house, as you go to um, having to pay for more medical care as you get a little older. We look at all of those things and talk about, uh, do you have a child that is still kind of draining your assets? We go through all of this stuff with you to make sure that your, that your income and that your plan can, can cover that. And we talk about options. I don't think that we're going to get to the risk bucket managers today or the uh, Roth conversions because of something you said. You said that we optimize each bucket. So now we have to talk about how we optimize each column. I think it's great. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to this. So on, there's two parts to the spreadsheet. Um, and by the way, the number one fear of people in retirement is running out of money before you die. That's the number one fear in the United States for people over 60 years old. Our clients don't have that because they see how much they can draw from their assets. And it includes their Social Security, their 
portfolio income. It includes any pension and rental real estate. It includes all of their income stream and we can have specific tax planning that's done. We can um, have detailed conversations that you can't have if you're looking at, and I'm bringing this up now, a pie chart. So we talked about what a retirement plan is and isn't. A retirement plan isn't statements on your kitchen table and it isn't a pie chart. You can't, no matter how smart you are, you can't look at a pie chart and see how much money you should convert from IRA to Roth. You can't see how much income you can draw with a COLA to age 100. You can't see what the effect of when to start your Social Security is. And if you use the 4% rule, we talked about this in the last um, uh, radio show last week. If you use the 4% rule, you're using um, what I believe is the most destructive, toxic financial strategy out there that's responsible for destroying more people's retirement than any other financial strategy. In fact, the guy who invented it, William Bengen, mm -hmm. publicly discredited in 2009. And um, we don't use it. We warn you to stay away from it because mathematically, when you draw income out of a fluctuating account, which a pie chart is, you're compromising gains when markets go up and you're accentuating losses when markets go down and you will commit financial suicide if you draw income from fluctuating accounts. That's principle one for us in the planning that we do. We're math-based. Now, we talked about how well, <coughs> there's... Let, well, let me add one thing really okay. quick about our planning process. And I'm sure this is going to sound familiar to a lot of people, but how many people have heard this before or seen this? When they've walked into, they've, they start looking at retirement planning, they walk into the some advisor's office and they meet with them, they give them their, their life story, say, hey, here's, here's what I want, here's my concerns. And they're like, okay, great. And then the next meeting they come back and the person says, all right, here's your plan. Slap it in front of them and say, there you go. You need a couple of annuities, um, sign this and let's never talk to each other again. <laughs> and I say that with a smile on my face, but that's what happens a lot of times is that it's you show up in the second meeting expecting to talk a little more, dive a little deeper, and it's it's already done. There it is. You need to decide right now. Right now, before you leave. Like a timeshare high pressure sales close. And we just, that's not how we we build the plans at Decker Retirement Planning. When we, when we work with somebody, we go through various iterations of a plan and different drafts and we make sure that we're accounting for as many variables in retirement as we, as we can because this is, this is a big step and it shouldn't be made in just a couple hours worth of a decision. You've got to spend some more time thinking about it and building it and that's, that's why these plans work so well for a lot of folks is because of the time that goes into building them. And there are people that it, it only takes a few meetings to put something together for them because what they want is it's 70% of everything was there. It was just getting in the last little bit of the way. And other people, it's, I have a pile of, I've got a box. I've seen people, they brought in their box of statements and set it on the counter and say, what do I do with this? Right. And, uh, and so that's, that's what these distributions help make sense of is they help look at all the variables and look at all of these potential unknowns to see how we can, best plan for those kind of eventualities happening. Good, good. 
Um, so I mentioned that there's two groups that we help. One is pre-retirement. We can tell them if they can retire. We run the numbers to see if they can retire. The second group is if they're already retired. Clayton, you chime in on this. Most people are underutilizing their assets. When I say most, I mean 95 plus percent. They're underutilizing. They could be spending um, 14,000 net of tax a month and they're spending eight because they don't want to um, be even close to the edge. Right. And they, they're so afraid of running out of money before they die that they are looking at the pie chart and they're guessing way low just to be safe. So um, the second group that we help is we help the people that are already retired and we run the numbers to see how much money they can draw. And we, we shift those numbers so that they in their golden years can really enjoy their retirement. Right. Yeah. And, and with the plans, it's not exclusive to, as you said, I'll just reiterate that point. It's not exclusive to one group, whether you, you have been, you are retired or whether you're getting ready to retire. We, we help, help both. Both. Because these plans can help people plan for their retirement or they can help make sense of, of a retirement that's already ongoing. I've had people come in and they say, all right, well, we retired a year or two ago. We just kind of played and had some fun, which is great. And I hope that's what retirement is for people. But they recognize a year or two into it that what we're doing worries us because we don't know long term how this how sustainable it is. And that's what these distribution income plans do is they help make sense of that. So, Brian, as you talked about the organization of these plans on the on the left side of the of the plan, you've got all the income streams that they all work together. So we make sure Social Security fits in with your with your income streams from your assets. If you've got a pension, we help look at all your different options and we talk about the pros and cons of each option and help you decide which one fits best. And how does that work with Social Security? How does that work with your income? How does that work with your rental property? Right. So these are all things that come up in the process. And so we're taking these income streams and then we look at, all right, what's potentially going to be your effective tax rate? What's going to be your cost of living adjustment that we need to build into this to help deal with inflation? And then on the right side, and we'll circle back to this um, once we come back from the break, but on the right side, we're going to talk about where the investments go, because that's the investment side of the sheet. It helps organize it um, based on your needs and your timing and your time frame. And also, and I think this is important, is we're looking also to optimize or maximize the returns that we can get in the different categories. In each account. Yeah, in each account. So whether it's a principal guaranteed account, we look for the highest returning options. And we'll talk about, again, in a few minutes when we come back, what that looks like. And then in the on the... Um, the risk side or what's in the stock market, we're going to talk about how we can help people make money in up and down markets because of the strategies that we use. And again, I mentioned earlier, these are strategies that people um, usually have to have over $5 million to get access to. So if you want to learn more about this, give us a call. Our number is 833-707-3030. Again, that number 833-707-3030. We can help you make sense of what you've got. Um, if you want just a Social Security optimization report, we do that as well. Um, we'll give you that. But we can we can help you make sense of the plan that you currently have. So again, if you're looking for more information, please give us a call. We do free 15-minute calls just to see if it's something that would be a fit for you or not. Again, our number is 833-707-3030. 
I just want to chime in on the other side of the break. I want to talk about optimization of Social Security income streams, pension, the decisions to be made on pension, and rental real estate. Okay. So on the other side of the break, we'll cover, we'll jive right into those three. Okay. Sounds good. We look forward to it and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you. All right. Welcome back. We're excited to be back. Thanks for joining us. Um, again, as we talk about what, what we have today, which is distribution income planning, um, we're talking about our risk bucket. If any of these topics jump out at you and you'd like to learn a little bit more, please give us a call. Our number is 833-707-3030. Again, my name is Clayton Bradshaw. I'm one of the advisors here at Decker Retirement Planning. With me is your host and the owner and founder of Decker Retirement Planning. It's Brian J. Decker. Um, Brian, welcome back. Good. Let's dive right in. And you mentioned something uh, about 20 minutes ago into the into the show that we optimize, we mathematically optimize every income stream. So let's start with Social Security. There are, for a couple, there are hundreds of ways that people can draw their Social Security. So let's hit this real quickly. Social Security income, the benefits grow from 62 to 66, around 5% a year, mm -hmm. and then 8% from 66 to age 70. And cynically, we say that the government is trying to have you incent you to wait as long as you can and then die because they don't give you back benefits or accumulated benefits, even though that's your money. Now I'm getting starting a rant. <laughs> They're calling it a, a government benefit. No, that's your money coming back. So let's break the code a little bit and talk about how you can maximize the amount of Social Security that you get back. Um, for a husband and wife, for a couple, um, what we do is we, uh, we, we use a service that allows us on page four to tell out of 11 pages. Out so of, on, this, this is the report you're referring this to. This is a Social Security yeah. Optimization Report. Right. At the top of page four, it tells you the worst way to draw your Social Security. Call it X. The best way to draw your Social Security is why and why is typically two hundred thousand dollars higher than x um, so that's valuable information to put into your retirement plan you want to optimize your social security however there's two variables actually there's three so let's talk about them quickly one let's say that you clayton draw your social security at 62 i wait till age 70. you have an eight-year head start on me so the lines cross around age 82. You know what I mean? Right. I so that. we're waiting until 70 or sorry, till waiting till 70 is more beneficial than taking it at 62. Correct. Right. That's Correct. what I mean. Yeah. So there is variable one, a health issue. If you're not thinking that you're going to be around till age 82, you may want to look at the math of starting sooner. Um, number one, number two, if you're diagnosed with something at age 65, 66, and you don't think you're going to see age 82, you should start Social Security sooner. So there's a health variable in the decision on when to start your Social Security. Does that make sense? Sure. And, and the point of this, obviously, is just to get the most benefit possible Correct. back. Well, most of your money possible back from Social Security, right? To get Correct. as much of that benefit as possible. Right. So there's the health variable. The second variable has to do with the principle of your investments. So let's say that you draw Social Security at age 70, but you retired at 62. You have eight years before 
you're living just on your income from your portfolio. If you don't have any rental uh, income stream and you don't have uh, an income stream coming from pension, the portfolio is bearing all the burden of that income for those eight years. Which is, and this is common for a lot of people that don't have pensions because those hardly exist right. anymore and that don't have rentals because um, they just, for whatever reason, right? So we need to run the math to see if your portfolio can handle being the sole producer of your income for those eight years before your age 70 income stream kicks in from Social Security. Many times, I'd say it's a coin toss. Depending on the size of the portfolio, you may decimate your portfolio in eight years. And then for what? To maximize your Social Security, that makes no common sense at all. So we as a math-based firm at Decker Retirement Planning, we run the numbers to make sure that the decision to wait till age 70 uh, includes those two very important variables, protecting the principle of your investments, number one, and number two, making sure that your health is going to see you through to age 82. Right. Anything else on Social Security that we should talk about? Um, yeah, just the, well, the other point real quick I'll sum up is there's, a, there's hundreds of ways that couples can draw Social Security. And that's one of the things we look at is we look at the ages of you and your spouse. We look at the amounts expected at full retirement age, when your full retirement age is. And then we look at it, most importantly, with the distribution plan, we look at that relative to your other income streams. So there's a lot of factors that go into this. A lot of them. Taking and, a spousal or not, when to take the spousal or not. And for a lot of people, they think, well, I can take it at 62 or I can take it at my full retirement age, which for me is 66. Oh, no, it's 66 and a half. Oh, no, it's 66 and nine months, right? So I'm just, I'm making an example here that there's a lot of different options. Many variables. And people don't oftentimes realize all of the options that are available to them. And that's that's what we do with our, our software and with the plans that we use. That 11-page report. Oh, I got a great idea. Clayton, why don't we just have people call the Social Security Administration and ask one of their agents what they think the best strategy would be? I'm falling, I'm falling asleep just talking about that because can you imagine calling the Social Security Administration and trying to get... No, they can't do that. They legally will tell you that they can't offer that advice. And we, which is so frustrating to that they know and they can plug it in, but they just won't. I'm just saying we one of the things that we do is we optimize that income stream so that mathematically our clients have peace of mind that they know that they've got the best strategy for Social Security locked in, locked down, check the box, move on. So... So now let's talk about pensions. Let's talk about pensions. Okay. So pensions, usually there's two different parts to a pension. One is survivability and the other is lump sum or lifetime distribution. So let's take up, talk about survivability. Um, on survivability, uh, let's say that you're married, which you are. Um, let's say that you're 65, which you're not. Um, and your wife, Laura, is 65 also. Right. So you're both 65 and you could get $800 a month on your pension if it's on your life alone or you can get um, $650 uh, if you go with 100% survivability and then there's 700 if you split it in half. So you get more if it's on your life. 
you get less if it's on two lives. Sure. At DECA Retirement, what we advise all of our clients that are close in age and are similar, there's no health issues, to go 100% survivability because mathematically, you draw more income on two lives than one. Right. But those two variables are significant. Age difference, let's say women outlive men. So let's say that um, the woman is 10 years older, um, then now I just made it hard. Yeah, well, and I, the point that we're getting at is with pensions, again, it comes down to there's a lot more factors than I think a lot of people consider when they're looking at their pension statement <clears throat> at face value. Because the only option they've got is to call their, their HR right. at their company and say, help me with this. What do you think? And then they explain what's already on the page and say, well, if you take this option, 50% of it goes to your spouse if you die first. If you take this option, all of it, or this option, none of it goes to your spouse, right? And so looking at that, and then we'll get to lump sum in just a minute. And so looking at that, we can help show you how that fits in because there are instances where you may want to take the higher amount and save all the assets for the spouse that is going to live longer um, if there is no survivability. So we, we mathematically look at the best option given your situation and what might be best for your neighbor isn't always going to be the best option for you because, and we hear this a lot, folks will come in and they'll say, oh, well, Joe down the street drives a really nice car and he always seems like he's got free time because he's made a bunch of money and he told me that he did this and this and this. Well, that works for Joe, but it might not work for you in your situation because you and Joe's lives are different. And that's what we help people recognize is that in your situation, what matters to you, all of the things that you have, those play a part that's going to be different from your neighbor. Right. So one part of the decision on how to handle your pension is survivability. Anything else on that before we... Okay. No. So now let's talk about lump sum or lifetime of income. There's three math reasons that we recommend lump sum over a lifetime income stream. The first has to do with rate of return or performance of the assets. So Clayton, um, and you, you have, go ahead. So you're going to plug something into your calculator here real quick, but while you're doing this, just know that if, if pensions are rare, lump sum options are even more rare within that. So check your statement. If you've got questions about it, give us a call and we can help you make sense of it. But our, our number is 833-707-3030. Again, that number 833-707-3030. If you've got a social security amount, typically when you turn, when you get into your early sixties, you'll start getting that notification in the mail every year of what you should expect. We can help you make sense of that. If you get a a letter from your HR department explaining, here's your pension benefits. We can help you make sense of that. Um, if you've got statements that don't make sense to you, again, give us a call. Our number is 833-707-3030. Okay. With the HP-12C in my right hand, I just punched out the numbers. Most people have a choice of getting 100000 lump sum today or $521 a month for life. 521 12 times is $6,250 a year for life. Um, so the problem we have is, let's say that you get your 100,000 lump sum today, it takes 16 years for me to get back what you got today. And if you can get a 3% or greater return on that money, you can live to be Methuselah, or I can live to be Methuselah, and I'll never, the lines never cross. Right. Okay. 
Um, <clears throat> so the first reason that we advise people to take a lump sum is rate of return or performance. Why would anyone take a lifetime in? Well, we'll answer this. There is a reason. There's one reason. It's not mathematical, but um, we'll get to that in a second. So math-wise, rate of return or performance of investment, you're getting 100000 today and it versus taking an income stream for life where it takes 16 years for you to get what you're that hundred thousand. So that's, that's point number one. Point number two has to do with company risk. Company risk, um, is the poster child for company risk when it comes to, um, pensions is airlines. Pan Am do you remember Pan Am? Are you old enough to remember I'm Pan Am? not old enough to remember Pan Am. I uh, know of Pan Am. But. Okay. The, they're the poster <laughs> child of what could go wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, Pan Am went out of business. And imagine that you had a pension with 20 other airlines that in the last 50 years have gone out of business. Who would have thunk that a pension with um, Polaroid or Kodak or now General Electric, or Macy's, or um, Kmart, or JCPenney's. But even, but even look now, you've got airlines have been taking a big hit with this with COVID and the lack of travel or the decreased travel over the last year. And if you were somebody that, that had retired from Southwest five years ago or 10 years ago, thinking everything was great, um, and I'm not saying Southwest is in a great or a bad spot right now. I'm just saying they're, they're an airline. They offered pensions regardless of the airline. If you were expecting a pension and your airline was starting to lay off 10 or 15 or 20,000 employees or cut hours, you know that they're looking at the pension benefits. They're going to put those on the chopping block as well at some point to try to keep the company afloat. Right. So there's something that is a part of our economy is called creative destruction in capitalism, that is, uh, a company has three parts. It's growth phase, maturation, and decline. Without exception, all companies go through growth, maturation, and decline. Boeing, um, last summer, was on the verge of running out of capital. They had government loans that kicked in, along with a lot of the airlines, because of COVID. But because of their 737 MAX disaster, um, who saw that two years ago? I don't know anyone who saw that coming. So the company that's going to pay you your lifetime income stream, will it be around in 30 years? Place your bet. You don't, that's called company risk. Check that box. So we talked about performance and company risk are two reasons why a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush, right? Sure. Okay. The third and final reason that we recommend people take a lump sum over <clears throat> a lifetime income stream has to do with estate risk. So let's say that Clayton, you and Laura uh, are going on a ski trip with me and Diane. Your family has taken a lifetime income stream. I've taken a lump sum. And we're going to go helicopter skiing and there's a big avalanche disaster strikes and we're all killed in an avalanche. Your income stream stops, even though you've earned it. Sure. 
it stops when you and your spouse pass away because you had survivability, you did that part right, but now you and your spouse are gone. It doesn't matter that you're six months into retirement, that income stops. It doesn't matter that the company owes you, they don't. The agreement is as long as you and your wife are around, it pays. As soon as you and your wife are gone, it stops. The 100,000 that came to my estate, even though I'm dead, that 100,000 is in my estate. I took that lump sum and it's ready to be distributed to my beneficiaries. Those are the three reasons why we recommend that people take a lump sum um, performance or rate of return, company risk, and estate risk. Those are the three reasons that we recommend that people take the lump sum income. There's one reason, do you want to cover this or do you want me to finish? Why don't you go ahead and finish it up? Okay, there's one reason why people take a lump or they choose a lifetime income. It's not mathematical, it's not logical, it is emotional. They say, I don't want to have to deal with it. I don't want to have to worry about investing it. I don't want to have to worry about it at all. I just want that check to come in the mail. It's an emotional response. It's not logical. It's not mathematical. So we've covered optimization of people's Social Security and their pension. Now let's dive into their rental real estate. Yeah, so with rentals, um, a lot of folks, they'll they'll get to the point where they... They've got enough income, they'll move, and a lot of times they'll keep the other house, or maybe it was a vacation house that they've been trying to rent out for whatever reason. Maybe it was just an investment that they got into at some some point along the line. But with rentals, um, there's a couple of things that I've, I've seen for some, I guess, there's a couple of ways you can go about having a rental. You can deal with uh, getting market rates and you have a massive headache because you're finding a new tenant every year. You're having to dump a bunch of money into it to keep the place looking new, new paint, new carpet every time you cycle through a tenant. Or there's the other side where you don't have as much of a headache and you get a tenant that's in there for a lot longer, but then you only you don't get market rates and you're <clears throat> you're taking a discount on how much you're getting paid. Now, Whenever somebody approaches this, typically what ends up happening is you're going to get about the same. You can get the full amount every month that you can get, and then you turn around and dump 10 or 20% of what you made back into the, the home over the course of the year. But with a rental, a lot of people, they get into their late 60s, early 70s, and they don't want to deal with it anymore. Because most people that own rentals are over there. They're the ones that are replacing the carpet to try to save money. They're the ones that are climbing around on the roof trying to do the repairs. And there's a point where they don't want to do it. They just, they don't want to, I mean, I've talked to people that have fallen off roofs before because they were, they slipped or for what and got hurt. And that, you don't want that kind of thing. So whenever you're dealing or looking at a rental, our plans can help you change the amount of income that you're going to, that you're going to, that you're going to get at any point. So let's say you're getting $12,000 a year from your rental or fifteen or $20,000 a year from your rental, but that's going to stop in five years. We can help offset the income balance with the plan. And that's the kind of things that they take into account. For other people, it's, I'll have it paid off in five years and then I'll really start to cash flow it because most of the funds are just gonna be going into savings or going into paying the mortgage. So those are things to consider with a rental. Brian, anything else you wanna add on that? Yeah, so what we, um, you, you hit a lot of the important points. We run two plans, one is if, they're gonna keep their rentals for the rest of their life. That's very conservative because they have assets uh, that can be sold and put into their plan, but we're assuming that income stream 
uh, stays the same for, for the rest of their life, and their rents only go up like 1% a year. That's pretty conservative. Sure. The second is when they tell us, I've had it, like you said, last summer I had a 75-year-old client standing in the middle of August. It was over 100 degrees. He was on a black tar roof changing out uh, an air conditioner, and at 75 he was thinking, what am I doing here? Yep. And he thought, Brian, run, run me a plan where I sell all my, um, all my rentals. Cause I don't want, um, the margins are thin. I don't want to hire a management company, his choice. So we ran the numbers and he was delighted. He saw that he could sell all his, uh, rentals. He could see the, that net of capital gain money coming back into his portfolio. He was delighted. So we we're indifferent. We're fiduciaries to our clients. And so whatever they want to do um, with their rental real estate in retirement, we run it as long as as they want. But conservatively, we show that money coming back in. And by the way, when it comes to real estate on the residents, we don't show the residents on the income plan for retirement. In our opinion, the residence is sacred. It's off balance sheet. We don't include it. And we know, and I squint when I say this, Clayton, um, we know of some competitors that would have people put reverse mortgages on their homes. And we hope that, that our position on that is that's a last resort because that's your home. That's something that should be part of the assets that you pass on to your beneficiaries or you downsize. But if you lock into a situation of a reverse, that really, f you don't have many options left. Yeah, or even not even doing a reverse mortgage because we think that's <clears throat> silly in most cases. But for somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, for somebody who wants to, who is being recommended by an advisor to mortgage their paid off home just so they can take the three or four or $500,000 and dump it into an investment, that doesn't make sense either. It's your home. We view it as as a place where that's where you're going to live, um, and so we don't want to take the value of that and throw it into the into the plan because it doesn't make sense in most cases. Um, so, so we, we've optimized all the income streams. Right now, we have uh, about a few minutes to hit the portfolio. Okay, so we have five minutes left. Let's hit. Let's at least start on the portfolio. So the portfolio has three parts that generates a lifetime portfolio income to age 100. There's cash, safe money, and risk. Again, because we're math-based and because we're fiduciaries, we optimize each part of it. So on cash, we use the Wink database and we go through and see what the highest earning principal guaranteed accounts are returning for cash, one to three, three to five, five to seven, and seven to 10 year principal guaranteed investments. We know what the highest returns are for bank and insurance company offerings, and we help our clients uh, make sure that they know about them. So on the bank side, last summer, Clayton, I, uh, I just find this unbelievable. Actually, a year ago, when banks were paying 0.2%, our clients were getting, do you remember this, 1.8? Right. 1.8% on their savings and checking. We help find those, we call them e-banks, uh, online banks, FDIC insured. Clients were delighted. Sure. 
Now rates have have gone down to where those e-banks are earning. Well, rates have gone up a little bit, so I wonder if they are. But I think they're getting like 0.6 now. Is that what you're? Yeah. So like the it's 0.5 is the so the 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 bank that I'm getting is I think they're paying it 10 times the national average. That's it's, right. It's 0.5 percent is what I'm getting annually on my savings account, uh, which okay. is which is still multiples higher than I'm getting on my everyday checking account. Um, but it's, and that's the point is that it's, there are institutions out there and we, we do sift through these because there are a bunch of institutions that we wouldn't trust that are online banks and, and they might be FDIC insured, but they have all these loopholes in their rates. And so we look for the ones that are the more solid or the firm, the firm institutions to rely on. And we recommend eight FDIC banks for people's money markets to get the highest rate. We've done the homework. We know who they are and we help our clients with it. Now this week we're rolling out to our clients a conservative liquid investment for short-term money that's averaging over 3%. It's not principal guaranteed, but it's laddered ETFs of corporates, agencies, mortgage back and treasury bonds. So, um, when we put that together, I was really proud to see that in the last, since 2008, it's made money every year except for one year, 2013, it was down 2%. But the average return is very high um, and net of fees, it's over 3%. So that's something that we're rolling out this week. Now, the rest of the buckets we have, do you wanna to speak to this concept? We have laddered print, can you do this in two minutes? It's, I mean, as far as the, the, the way that we look at it, one of the things that we see some folks run into is, is their advisor will want to take and dump all of their money into some kind of an annuity and slap all these riders on or there. Or bond funds. Or a bond fund. And so the point with that is that whenever you're getting into something that has a set time horizon, you run into interest rate risk. And with interest rates being at historic lows or near historic lows right now, we're we're near historic high interest rate risk. And so what we do to help eliminate or to decrease the interest rate risk as much as possible is we ladder maturities in the portfolio. So a principal guaranteed account. Yeah, of principal guaranteed accounts, right. Mm -hmm. So if somebody has um, a bond or a CD or an annuity, we can ladder those in and help use those to not only pull income from them, but help decrease your interest rate risk. Um, because mathematically, that's how you do it. And so that's how we structure that aspect or the income or the principal guaranteed side of our portfolio. Now, we were going to talk risk bucket today. We were going to talk about... We have to start with that next seg next time. So we will talk about this next time. But the risk bucket, that's what we use for our clients to still give them access to the stock market and to make, to make money in up or down markets. We use some strategies that we call two-sided models. Um, and we will talk about this next time, but for, for the concepts that we've talked about today, we talked about the distribution plan. We talked about optimizing your income streams and your principal guaranteed accounts for anybody that's interested in learning more about any of this. Give us a call. Our number is 833-707-3030. Again, that number is 833-707-3030. We offer free 15 minute phone calls. That way we can keep you safe and, uh, away from having to meet with anybody in our offices, um, if you do want to come in, we can accommodate you as well. We've got clean offices. We're taking precautions. But again, give us a call. Our number is 833-707-3030. We can do a free 15-minute phone call. Uh, Brian, thanks for joining me today, and we look forward to being with you next week. 
Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Decker Retirement Planning is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Decker Retirement Planning.